0: Alright, this is Hindsight 2020. This one post-NFL week one. How did everybody do out there this weekend? Really one of three results generally happens. Either, hey, you know, here or there, won a couple, lose a couple, pretty much break even. Uh, You could have had a really good weekend where you were just winning left and right, convinced that you've got this entire thing figured out, or you could be in the camp that I was in, which was absolute financial devastation. Now, I didn't blow the whole bankroll, but I was on the wrong side of a lot of games. I bet Five games over the weekend, probably one or two too many, certainly one or two too many. There's a couple games that I shouldn't have bet. Um, But I got to tell you, two of the games, I had the Steelers and I had the Giants. Sometimes as a gambler, I actually prefer if you just knock me out cold in the first 30 seconds. Like, let's not drag this thing on for 14, 15 rounds just to lose by decision. I kind of like that before Chris Collinsworth was even promoting pro football focus, the Giant game was already over. And I say this all the time. If you can watch the offensive and defensive lines on each team's first possession You can tell right away whether you've got live action or not. There are a lot of adjustments teams can make throughout the game. But if you are just getting manhandled and pushed around, it is a very hard thing to adjust on the fly. That Pittsburgh game, you could tell halfway through the first quarter, Pittsburgh got punched in the mouth and they never had a plan for it. Now, this game was in Mike and I's contest. It was our chain of custody game. I mean, we were desperate to get this thing in. This was my ultimate decision, hence me losing money on it. Uh, Mike had mentioned it as far as a media blitz category. Ultimately, we decided to go with the Steelers ...as our chain of custody, so not only did they torture us yesterday, but they'll get to torture us for weeks to come... ...trying to figure out what side of the Mike Tomlin spot that we're supposed to be on. Look, I got this game dead wrong. I talked a lot about being unsure about Brock Purdy coming off injury. He looked great. I thought Pittsburgh would actually compete in the trenches... They did not and that's fine. sometimes you get it wrong somehow and that's you have to understand in gambling that if you can recognize where you gotta pick wrong, you can really move on quite you know you can move on quickly. but if you sit there and dwell on it and think you got unlucky or just can't figure out how you picked in the wrong direction, you're not making anything of it. sometimes you just gotta look at it and say cut I just had everything wrong in this game. At one point when me and Mike were discussing the Steeler game and I was discussing how San Francisco just thinks they can go quarterback to quarterback, I mentioned how Jimmy Garoppolo was someone who led them to a ton of wins. Yet then I completely ignored that Jimmy Garoppolo was playing for the Raiders in an absolute dogfight against Denver. Look, I... We have a lot of fun on the show, we do the categories, but for the most part, the categories do associate to handicapping in some way, shape, or form. I think we might have got a little too cute on this one. We wanted to play Denver because they were at home, they had the altitude. I can tell you this, the Raiders, they didn't look tired by the end of that game, now I was quite tired of watching Russell Wilson look pedestrian. He was the second best quarterback on the field. A lot of things didn't go Denver's way. They had an onside kick early they didn't get. They missed a field goal. I think they might have missed an extra point. All this being said, yes, there were ways we could have got home on this game, but this was a dogfight through and through. This was one of those divisional games that was going to end by a field goal. Laying three and a half in this game, it just wasn't It wasn't a good decision. I, I read a book by Dan Gordon. I'd really recommend it. It's an old book about betting football. And one of his top lessons is early in the year, he bets nothing but underdogs. He'll only bet underdogs. He'll pass on the favorites. I passed on a lot of underdogs I had right yesterday, but for some reason... I was trying to open up my playing style. I'm an underdog better, and I wanted to be not so fearful of delving into favorites. And, you know, it's okay to want to advance your skill and sort of scale out the range of games you play. But early in the season, you should really stick to your bread and butter, stick to what you know, betting less games that you're more confident on lets you know if you're seeing the ball well and should maybe open your game play up i recognized this yesterday i probably shouldn't have played the denver game it wasn't in our contest but i did take the chargers as well i had a plan i said if chargers goes to two and a half i play it it never did it stayed at three that was my excuse to walk i bet it anyway I had a lack of discipline. I didn't execute my game plan. There's times where I would kill myself about this the next day because now I can't run perfect throughout the season. But I knew I wasn't going to run perfect. Far from it yesterday. It's a lesson learned. But Denver made it into our contest. It made it into my bets. Even though we got it at three probably should have seen that game be playing out tight that the way it did that was one we really missed where if we had just focused on the matchup i think we would have seen we didn't want to be involved with the favorite in that game i'm starting to think when you want to bet favorites bet big favorites i think this idea that you're a sucker to lay big numbers over seven double digits yet the shrewd players bet favorites that are three-and-a-half, four-point favorites, I think that might be the sucker bet. Look, if a team isn't good enough to win by a touchdown, you probably shouldn't be laying points. So when we took Baltimore yesterday, it's because we saw a specific game being played out. We just did not think the game would be competitive We were right about this one. I think Baltimore ultimately won the game by 16. And they were sloppy. They had 10 penalties. They had a couple turnovers in the red zone. The new offense did not really show off much pass skill like we were all anticipating. It was just very clunky for Baltimore. Fortunately, their defense came and showed up. Houston, I got to say, C.J. Stroud, he hung in there. He played really tough. Houston ran 70 plays, but I think they averaged something like 3.7 yards per play. They were just not very efficient on offense. But C.J. Stroud hung in there and played tough. He is going to face a lot of opponents that are much easier than playing Baltimore in Baltimore. Uh, I felt pretty good watching Houston that they'll be a scrappy team. We a little kind of got away with this one. You could say we were lucky. However, if Baltimore was able to win by 16 at being as clunky as they were, I think we were really eyeing this one in the right direction because the game pretty much played out to our script. That was one that we definitely got right. Uh, I'm going to toot my own horn to the category game getting us the L.A. Rams. Uh, I did not bet this game. Frankly, I was too scared to bet it. I thought the number I thought the number was right according to my power ranking. But I thought in terms of the market, especially with the Cooper Cup injury, that everyone would be betting Seattle. Seattle has become a very public team over the summer. A lot of people think that they were going to win that division, probably until they watched the San Fran Pittsburgh game. But Seattle got absolutely crushed I know the Giants lost 40 to nothing but Seattle might have been the most dominated team on Sunday they barely had the ball they only had the ball for about 20 minutes in the entire game and check out this stat it's called rush attempts and completions I learned about this because this is a stat that the great Bill Parcells used to look at to determine the efficiency and the tempo control of each offense on the field. You take simply the amount of rushing attempts a team has, add to that the amount of completed passes, and that's your number. And then you take the differential between your team and the other team. Yesterday, the Rams had 40 rushing attempts, this is a team that's been convinced of being somewhat finesse. A team that has a horrible offensive line. Yet they ran the ball 40 times. And Matthew Stafford had over 300 yards with 24 completions. So their rack, their rush attempts and completions was 64. The Seahawks had a lower number than any team yesterday. And this is a Pete Carroll team. Pete Carroll He wants to run the football. Seattle had 30 less rushes and completions. 18 rushing attempts, 16 completions. I'm not the biggest stat guy in the world, but I like to look at the box scores on Monday and see how the game played out on paper. Did the Rams just get lucky here? No, they dominated the game start to finish. I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I couldn't handicap the game for the Rams. I just knew that when the line didn't move with Cooper Cup's injury being announced and then throughout the weekend, the line actually came down, it told me the smart money was going to be on the Rams. And the books, they were trying to balance their action by pulling in the public onto Seattle. I don't know how many people bet Seattle yesterday. I don't know how many people had them in the Eliminator. But if you do this long enough, you might not be sharp enough to take the Rams, but you'll be sharp enough to see a trap and no one to walk away. I'm glad we had the category. It got this game in our contest, and it got me and Mike a big needed win in the afternoon games. Last game was our ugly betty. It was the only game I bet yesterday and won. Arizona plus seven against Washington. And yeah, this came down to the simple handicap. I know Arizona's bad. I know that in their front office, they're probably eyeing the draft next year as their most important next upcoming goal. But those players don't know they're bad yet. And they came out and they played hard the entire game. Were they bad? Yes. But guess what? Washington's bad too. Sam Howell didn't do anything too much special. Washington had turnovers. They were just finding ways to keep Arizona in the game. And ultimately at the end, they win the game by four, giving us the much-coveted lose-but-cover with the Cardinals that's how you do it with the ugly Betty. You're not picking a lot of winners as far as heads up, but you're picking a lot of winners with that spread. We just saw that number. It jumped off at the page. We went with it. We got the Cardinals. It's three and two. Now, in this super contest, three and two, it won't cut it if that's your average every week. In the real world, if you won three out of two bets were 60% every week, you wouldn't have to have real gainful employment. But in the contest, you're going to have to have big weeks. That's okay. We can set up for those. But what we needed to do really was avoid any kind of disaster, you know, like I did to my financial future by betting games on the side. But in the super contest, we did just fine. We were three and two. We're going to grind hard this week, not get caught up because there are going to be traps and media blitzes galore. Mike and I will talk about all of those on Thursday. Thank you for listening. Good luck and good betting.